biological dad. Um, and we decided to start a podcast because both of us are very passionate about uh, political topics and um, just full stop right off the bat. Um, we that's, are both. That's an understatement. Yes, yes. We are both heavy talkers when it comes to politics. We believe what we believe. And you pretty much aren't going to change our mind. Uh, we are free thinkers. We are willing to do the research to develop our thoughts correctly. And um, we tend to lean very conservative. We'll explain more of that later and why. Basically, the way we were raised and brought up and where we were brought up, I think, all has a significant factor. Would you agree? I agree. And... Um, and so we just thought we would create a podcast where we could have an outlet because both of us like to talk, but we realize we talk to each other <laughs> and our thoughts aren't heard anywhere else. That's right. So we might as well just put it out there. And if you guys like it, then you can go ahead and subscribe and listen to us weekly. And if you don't, then you could just scroll on by because no one right. says you have to like it, right? Right. And so what do you want to talk about first, Pop? Well, you know what? Um, my heart is now... Uh, it, it's breaking for what's going on with these kids, mm -hmm. and apparently you've, we've got a situation now where um, children are going to get the poke. Mm -hmm. You can't say the word, but um, it rhymes with smashing, or it rhymes with a uh, 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 fraxine, or it rhymes with. <laughs> But the jab and the poke is, seems to be what yeah, the words the jab are. And the poke. So we don't get censored on our very first podcast because that right. would stink. That's right. But, you know, w we've got a situation that, um, you know, coming up to a new school year that's happening here pretty soon, there's going to be uh, a decision that parents are going to have to make. I don't know if it's there yet for the state of Georgia, but it looks like it might be. And I know that you've got a lot of experience mm -hmm. um, as a former educator. And right. not only that, um, you have spent the last year uh, homeschooling your children. So what I would like to do is open up the conversation for what do you got to go through in order to maybe make that decision? Um, start from square one. All right. Well, first and foremost, I have three boys and um, biological boys. With my husband, we've been married for, we'll be celebrating 22 years this week and of marriage. And um, I Congratulations. was, thank you, thank you. I was a public homeschool or public school teacher in the, in the public schools for the state of Georgia for 15 years. I taught sixth grade through 10th grade. I taught English literature, social studies. I taught in a special ed inclusion classroom for many years. I taught in an ESOL classroom. That's kids whose English is not their first language uh, for many years. And I also taught gifted kids. So I've pretty much taught like the gamut of learning abilities and socioeconomic statuses, races, religions over my years of teaching. And that gave me an opportunity to be able to uh, feel comfortable in teaching almost everybody because mm. I taught literally every kind of student you can imagine from poor to rich, uh, special ed to gifted, everybody in between. I taught multiple subjects. Um, I was actively involved in many clubs and sponsored clubs in, in the school setting. And um, I've got some credentials under my belt. So I, 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 I'm not saying it to brag. I'm saying I know what I know what I'm talking about. Um, I've been nominated teacher of the year three times. 
uh, star teacher for 2021 for my district. Um, I'm good at what I do. And it was a wonderful career and I loved it. And I did not leave because of politics and I did not leave because I was unhappy in my job. I left because of two very important reasons, two of my sons. And um, one of my sons, just full stop, put it all out there, is on the autism spectrum and learns very different from you and I and needed a plan B because plan A public school wasn't working for him. Mm. And the other one of my kids is gifted. He's on the other spectrum and he's very, very smart and learns very fast and was um, not doing well in school because of the opposite reason. It was too easy and he was bored and he was getting into behavior problems. Mm. So uh, my husband and I worked really hard for about three years to financially put us in a place where we could live on one income comfortably and got me home to homeschool. So my homeschooling experience has nothing to do with the word that rhymes with fraxine or uh, politics or um, critical race theory, which is another term I'm sure we'll be talking about in later. My my experience has nothing to do with that. So I, I have a kind of an objective point of view with all of that. You know what and, I mean? And that was pre-pandemic. Yes, pre-pandemic. Yeah. I have more. I, I don't have a bias because none of those reasons are the reason I chose to homeschool. Right. Uh, I chose to homeschool because my middle son basically needed his mama teacher one-on-one. And let me tell you something. That kid has grown leaps and yes. bounds in the past yes. year. It's an amazing thing what you have done with that child. Yes. He has really just come to himself. Um it's amazing. But we, I made the announcement to my friends and family via social media that I was going to homeschool in January of 2020 and uh-huh. the pandemic hit in February. Wow. And I literally made a joke online that like, I didn't mean for everybody to homeschool. <laughs> I was just talking about myself when I made that post because literally like three weeks later, everybody was homeschooling because yeah. the, the state shut down. Correct. So yeah, yeah. all schools were That's sent home. That's a good home. point. Yeah. And so uh, my decision to homeschool was not based on coronavirus, was not based on uh, politics, but rather just strictly for the need of my child. So I want to say that because now you can understand my opinion doesn't come from a bias. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? My opinion comes from straight research and questions and free thinking, like I said in the beginning of the podcast. So, um, so yeah, so I, I do have a lot of experience in the public school system. And the thing about the public school system that most people don't realize is that the decisions that are made for a public school school is not made by the public school. A decision for a public school is made by state legislatures, people who are not teachers, people who have never been in a classroom, people who do not know what it's like to teach a kid who does not speak English or a kid who's on the autism spectrum, or a kid who's brilliant. People who make decisions for teachers in the public school aren't teachers. And these are the people that make the rules. That's right. So when we talk about the latest news of kids getting the jab, it does not come from teachers. It does not come from the actual school system. It comes from the state representatives and legislatures and rule makers that aren't in a classroom. So it's important to do that because one thing I never want to do is put my teachers under the bus because teachers are some of the hardest working people you will ever meet who genuinely love kids. For the most part, there are some dirty birds out there, some nasties, which we could talk about later. That's a whole different subject. But um, but for the most part, teachers, they just want what's best for kids. If you tell if you boil everything down for why they do what they do, 
they just want to do what's best for kids. And so um, the latest news is that uh, some higher ups, I would um, go ahead and call them out. Dr. Fauci, he's, you know, our main scientist doctor who gets to make all the decisions for everybody's health. Uh, is pushing, and if you listen to him, if you really listen to him hard, he is pushing, now we need to vaccinate our kids. We need to vaccinate our kids. We need to vaccinate our kids. They need to get the jab. They need to get the jab. They need to get the jab. And in his news conferences, that's what he's pushing. And whenever kids are mentioned in any way, my antennas go up. Because I'm a mom, and I also was a public school teacher of many, many, many kids. And kids are like, Protecting kids is definitely number one for me. Uh, Everything else can be pushed aside. If we are not protecting our kids, the next generation is not protected and therefore. Right. Right. And, and you know, what's funny is that they're they're looking um, at trying to achieve herd immunity through these children because they're saying a certain percentage of children need to be vaccinated in order to achieve herd immunity. And if, if a child were, was to uh, become sick with COVID, uh, I mean, your kids did, right? Yes, they did. Um, okay, so first of all, uh, I have been publicly known on my personal social media to question all kinds of medical science. And uh, let me explain why. Because a lot of my medical nurse and doctor friends got upset with me for questioning them. And the reason, not them personally, but medical and science in general. And their reasons were that I'm not a doctor. So who am I to question? Right. Right. But do you remember fifth grade science where you had to do a science fair project and you might have to like, okay, what was the first thing that you had to do? Do you remember you had to write something that start with an H? Do you remember what that word is? No. Hypothesis. You had to create a hypothesis. And I remember you did it the night before it was due. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Maybe. That that was me. I was a procrastinator. It was like, it was due the following day. Oh, uh, I better get this done. Not me. Mine was three weeks early because we are totally different learners. That was you. (laughs) Mine was three weeks early. And it was done right with charts and graphs. (laughs) But and it ahead. was okay. Well, the first thing you're taught in science class with regards to anything scientific is to create a hypothesis. And the reason why you create a hypothesis is because you don't know the answer yet. That's the whole reason you do the project, the science fair project. Mm-hmm. So you quit you you come up with a topic you're interested. In. Let's say it's uh what soft drink has more sugar? Coca-Cola or 7-Up, for example. Okay? Right. And so you have to figure out how much sugar is in each of these products. And so you make a guess and your hypothesis might look something like this. I think Coke has more sugar than 7-Up. Now, do you know for a fact yet? No. You have to ask the question so you know what to do the research on, right? Right. All right. So science without a question isn't science. Science without a question is a fact because it's already been proven. Right. Okay. So when the coronavirus first hit and we were all instructed to wear masks or grandma would die. Remember that? Oh, yeah. We were all told you better put on a mask or grandma would die. 14 days to stop the spread. I said, wait a minute. Why? Because my whole life of 43 years, people who wore masks were either doctors and nurses in a surgery or medical setting or they were sick people who wore masks. So if you have cancer and you go to Disney World with your family in a wheelchair, they're going to put your butt in a mask. 
you know, this is pre-coronavirus because your, your immune system's compromised, right? Right. There were no healthy people walking around wearing masks before coronavirus, right? right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So my question was, why? Because there are a, biz- a zillion viruses out there every day, right? And we never have had to wear a mask to protect ourselves from these viruses. So why all of a sudden are we having to wear a mask? I question it because it logically doesn't make sense. And it's a good question. To any other virus I've ever been exposed to in my life, which I'm sure as a teacher in, in a Petri dish of germs my whole career, I probably was exposed to a lot of viruses. Never wore a mask, right? So why all of a sudden this one? And then I got to thinking, and pardon me, Poppy, this might embarrass you, but um, I've been a woman my whole life, and starting at 18, we have to have these things yearly called pap smears. Do you know a gynecologist when he's down there doing his business on you to do your pap smear doesn't wear a mask? Never. Yikes. Not one doctor has ever worn a mask when I've had a pap smear. And their face is down there to be blunt. Why? So if we're talking about a virus and now all of a sudden I have to wear a mask, why aren't medical professionals in a situation where they are directly exposed to viruses every day not wear a mask? If you go to a well check, do your nurses wear masks pre-corona? No. No? Never. Okay. Never. The doctors don't even wear a no. mask. Yeah. My doctor didn't even wear gloves. He would come and wash his hands, do his exam on you, and then wash his hands again before he left the room. I remember getting the flu one year going to a, a, one of those walk-in clinics. And nobody was masked. I've had three babies. Nobody wore a mask and when I'm I had a baby. And I'm talking about the height of the flu season. I've had three babies. Georgia. Nobody wore a mask. Yeah. And you're talking about fluids everywhere when you have a baby. Nobody wore masks. So my question was, okay, what about this virus is different where we have to wear masks to protect ourselves? And does a mask protect us? And so I questioned it. And I got shut down real fast. You're yeah. not a doctor. You're not a scientist. I don't go into your teaching wheelhouse. As a teacher, don't come into mine. Well, that's anti-science because the first thing you're taught as a student in a science class is cr- to create a hypothesis, to question what you're doing. Okay, so it's almost like the thought of questioning this particular subject was <coughs> cut immediately. That makes me go, whoa, because we as a human species should be able to question everything and should. Otherwise, how do you gain knowledge? You have to ask questions, right? Now, if you were able to prove to me why a mask truly protects me from killing grandma and protects grandma, I will believe you. But there has not been one study proving that masks actually protect you or I from the coronavirus. As a matter of fact, now, a year later, it's been shown that even Dr. Fauci, our precious doctor, said it they don't protect you from the coronavirus. So basically, we have been masked for a year. We all questioned. We were shut down. And now it turns out our questioning was correct. And not only we were, were we correct in our thinking, but we were correct in questioning. So I preface the jab question with why should kids need the vaccine? Like, why? Okay. So then that brings us into subject number two. First of all, I am a vaxxer. All of my kids have been vaccinated with all the childhood vaccines. They've right. had their MMR vaccine. They've and had let's their, face it, some vaccines do work. Yes, the polio vaccine. They've had their, um, they've had their uh, chickenpox vaccine. They've had, a matter of fact, two, all three of mine went to the doctor last week for their well checks. And my oldest, my 16-year-old, got his meningitis vaccine. And my... A 13-year-old got his HPV vaccine. So I do vaccinate my kids. I am all for vaccinating my kids. But 
the reason why I have a problem with requiring kids to be vaccinated with the COVID vaccine to go to school, public school, is because of one major reason. Has it been proven effective and safe by the CDC yet? There's, there's no evidence of it. It has not been. Yeah. So I am required to stick my so, child with a substance that has not been tested and proven by the CDC yet. And, and not only that, if your child, which was, happens to be uh, infected with COVID-19, uh, their survival rate is extremely high. I mean, it's less than 1%. It's just, it's just a, a, a pittance of a possibility of them g- becoming ill. Okay, so then you have to ask yourself these questions. And the question number one is, does my child need the COVID vaccine to be able to be safe? from gaining covid well according to the science so they're going to use your child to possibly be and by the way i do believe that right now currently in the united states we are in herd immunity because you don't see people dying in hospitals like we did last year that is true you don't see people that are going to the to their doctors you don't see any infection whatsoever you and i uh we're we're in a social gathering once a week that's right and and we're not having any issues whatsoever so that shows me something's going on and it's probably herd immunity. Well, yes, uh, yes, I agree with you. But again, uh, will the COVID vaccine or the jab protect my children from getting COVID? If the, F, the, if the CDC and the FDA can prove yes, which they have not yet, all right, let's consider it. Let's look at it. But since the CDC and FDA have not approved it yet, then no, we don't need to be giving our children anything unless it's been proven. See, all the vaccines I named earlier that my kids have received over the years have been proven effective. They've Mm -hmm. been tested. They've had the longevity of being tested and proven to be safe and effective. So we're going to give our children... Uh, a vaccine that has not been tested. Not, not. Basically, they're guinea pigs. That's right. Now, so, okay. So, okay. That leads me to why. Why is this being pushed? Because if it hasn't been tested and proven safe, bar two big industries in the United States that certifies vaccines to be tested and safe, why is it being pushed? There's, there's got to be a reason. Because you would only push something if it's proven safe and effective, right? Like the meningitis vaccine, which has been proven safe and effective over the years that it's been tested, right? Why? Well, there's a, there's a phrase I love that I, that takes me back to everything with regards to my research, and the phrase is "follow the money," <laughs> because if something's being pushed. That means it has to be developed, it has to be stored, it has to be bought, and it has to be sold, which means there is a money trail. That's right. So somebody's getting paid to create it. Somebody's being cre- paid to put it in the little thing that you put in your arm. Somebody's being paid to literally stick it in your arm. And somebody's being paid to then build the insurance company that then pays the people who put it in your arm, right? It's not free. When you go get the COVID vaccine, it's not free. That that COVID somebody vaccine is somebody created. Pays for it. Exactly. Somebody pays for it. Somebody right. is being it's coming paid. coming out of somewhere, which That's is probably right. federal funded. So now, all right, so let's say, let's say there were 5 million 
COVID vaccine literal jabs created, Mm -hmm. but only 2 million have been put into the arms of Americans. Now you have 3 million that have not been sold. So what's the next class of people? And this thing's got a shelf life. That's right. What's the next class of people we could try to get it in Uh, the arms of? Our little kids. Ah, because you can't go to school unless you've had this vaccine. So now you're forced as a parent to make a decision. Ah. And what's the outcome? Is the outcome the safety of our kids or is the outcome a wallet gets paid? Cha-ching, cha-ching. Yes. Okay. Now, so I wanted to know because I remember when I was in the public school system, there were some kids that I taught that were not vaccinated and they had a special paper in their file, their personal folders that stated they weren't vaccinated. Were these mainly anti-vaxxers? Some were anti-vaxxers. It's deemed under a big umbrella of religious reasons. Okay. Okay. Sometimes it is an actual religious reason. There are religions that we have in the United States that are anti-vaccine. Okay. And so because there is a separation of church and state, you cannot require a person who has a religious objection to get a vaccine for a school because of that separation. All right. So they have to, they have to fill out a special form saying that it's for religious exemption. But you can say it's for a religious exemption, but you're an anti-vaxxer. So you can use the religious exemption exemption to exempt it by basically saying you don't believe in it, okay? Okay. Or you can use it because you might be uh, not legal and you have to come over here and get your kid in the public school system real fast and they have not been vaccinated. So it's been used for multiple reasons. Okay. But the umbrella, according to the state, is... For religious purposes. Okay. So I thought it would be interesting to go to uh, the Department of Education and show you what I mean. Here, Pop, will you please? Sure. And uh, to show you what I mean, because there is a loophole. And the loophole, I think, is what's going to be used to push this should our state, which happens to be in Georgia, decide to make vaccines for public school students, COVID vaccines for public school students, mandatory and i think this is the loophole they're going to do so if you go to the georgia department of education there is this thing called a religious exemption letter you can see it right here and what happens is is that you can go through here and you can get a pdf of this letter and you fill it out right so you click this right here i think this is it and this is the letter now i want you to notice right here it basically states that you as the legal parent or guardian understand that you are exempting. It says, and if you look at number two, the vaccines that uh, right now children are required to have for school. They're required to have like the diphtheria, uh, influenza type B, hepatitis, measles, meningitis, mumps, pertussis, pneumococcal disease, and it even gives you by the time of their specific birthdays that had to have these vaccines. Again, my kids have had all these. I am not an anti-vaxxer. Okay. I don't want my kids to have this because these diseases can kill. Yeah. And I don't want, I don't want my kids to suffer from any wisdom. of that. And that's right, wisdom. That's right, right, right. You know. Okay. But then if you go down and you look at A, B, C, and D, specifically, let me see here. Okay. I think it is. 
And while you're searching, I just yeah. want to mention that, um, you know, I, I believe this is something that needs to be discussed. Yes. You know, and in length, because there are options for moms and dads, um, everything from homeschooling to. All right. So look at uh, number three, not to interrupt you, B. Look at 3B. It says, I understand that the Georgia Department of Public Health has determined, B, that the required vaccinations are safe. So you're signing off that you believe that they are safe. That's the first red flag that went ding, ding, ding. Because if they require the COVID vaccine for your child to attend public school in any state, that's going to basically state that you agree that it's safe. But again, as we previously discussed. Is that to remove liability? Yes. Okay. Because if you require a kid to have a vaccine and the kid dies, the parent can't sue the school system for requiring it. Because you signed that document. Because you signed it. Even though we just said that the CDC and the FDA have not proven COVID to be safe for children. COVID vaccine. The COVID vaccine. Yes, that is true. So you see it. You see right there. That takes the um, any liability off the state and the school system. Okay, so that's number one. Hmm. Number two, look at letter D and it says that a child who does not receive the required vaccinations is at risk of spreading these diseases to me to other children in the child care facility or school, remember school, because school is what the public school is going to fall under, okay, or to other persons. Now, here's my question to my medical people. Please, please answer this question for me because this is when I've been asking about masks and now I ask it about vaccines. If you get the vaccine and I don't, how are you not safe? Isn't that the point well, of a vaccine? Well, I'm supposed to be vaccinated from, from uh, the pathogen. So therefore, I should be safe whether you get a vaccine or not. Right. So why are you going to say, indeed, that a child who does not receive the required vaccinations is at risk for spreading these diseases to me? If I've had the vaccine, I'm not at risk for getting the disease. Otherwise, why would I get the vaccine? Do you see what I mean? So even the verbiage here is also making it... So that even if I decide not to get the vaccine and you decide not to get the vaccine, we're still at risk whether we get it or not. So if the vaccine truly works, which Dr. Fauci says it does, and everybody up in the, well, they had the medical e- community. Well, they had the rate in the 90s. So yes. Then what does it, point if, my, if I choose not to give my kid the vaccine, but his teacher has the vaccine and so do 50% of the kids in the school, then the only people who are liable are the people who chose not to get it, which mm-hmm. I knew that liability when I chose not to get it. So basically this is anti that. This is saying I'm still not safe. If you decide not to get the vaccine and I have and you're my student and I'm the teacher, I'm still not safe. Right. Because you chose not to get it. Which then why did I get it in the first place? The same thing happened with masks. If you wear a mask and I don't, aren't you safe? Otherwise, why are you wearing it? Right. Unless you question the safety. Right. There's that probability that maybe by wearing it, it's not really doing what it's supposed to be doing. So therefore, there's still a risk. All right, the last one, number five. This is the one I think they're going to use. You we'll ready? I'll have to close with this one, by the way. All right, let's close. All right, number five. This is the big one. This is the one I think they're going to use, okay? If they decide to implement this and make the vaccine required for kids in any state in our United States, this is the rule they're going to use, in my opinion. Number five. I understand that, notwithstanding my religious objections, my child may be excluded from care facilities 
or schools during an epidemic or threatened epidemic of any disease preventable by a vaccination, vaccination required by the Georgia Department of Public Health. So all they have to say is, we think it might possibly become an epidemic. And now your kid can't go to school. So you're a working mom. You have to, or dad, you have to work during the day. Your kid needs to go to public school so you can work. But if you choose not to get the vaccine and the state says there is a possibility of an epidemic, your kid isn't going to school. And that's going to put the pressure in order to get you to get their ki- to get your kid vaccinated, which then pays the paycheck and the wallet for the people who created the vaccine who have three million left over because they ordered five and only two got it. You see what I mean? Yep. So when yep. you follow yep. the trail, that's the rule they're going to use. Follow the money. They're going to. Yeah. If you follow the money, that's the rule they're going to use. They're going to say possible because then possible now umbrellas any situation. So you find it interesting. There's now a variant. There's now a variant that's supposedly taking out people in Great Britain and Israel and all these different places in Europe. There's now a variant that you hear in the news. Correct. Correct. A mutant. Yep. Guess what a variant can cause? Another possible epidemic. Yeah. Another closure of the state. So now what? Of the states. And if you don't do your research and you're blind and you just trust the science, you're going to go get your kid a vaccine without the freedom to do your own research and make that decision for yourself. And again, I don't have any problem with moms who decide to vaccinate your kids with the COVID vaccine. I know I know several moms who have gotten the vaccine for their kid. But what I don't want you to do is shame or degrade or push or require me to do the same for my kid. Well, I know in Great Britain, for instance, if your child is not vaccinated, um, it's almost like he's it's it's like a leprosy camp. They actually isolate these children. Are you serious? From the other children. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, um, maybe that's a strong terminology, a leprosy camp. But nonetheless, if, if your child is not vaccinated and you choose not to vaccinate your child and he goes to the public school system, he is requiring to wear a mask, number one. And number two, he is isolated from the children that are vaccinated. So you have a young child that's being, for whatever reason, not allowed to play with the other children. Hmm. And I think that's, it's a travesty. I mean, why would you do that to a child? Well, it's not only a travesty, but um, we are all big on inclusivity. And the moment that you decide to exclude a child for any reason whether it be at the behest of their parents' decision or their own decision, you are not practicing inclusivity real fast. Yeah. And then that's a slippery slope because if you can exclude a child because they're not vaccinated, what else can you exclude a child for? Mm-hmm. They have boogers. Their hair wasn't washed. Their clothes aren't clean. All of a sudden, you can start excluding them for all kinds of different reasons, which then... Creating, creating another uh, environment for them... Uh, and isolating them from other children. Yep. It could be uh, another classroom. That's right. And, you know, it goes on and on and on. Yes. But, you know, in in closing here, I want to just say this is a public service. That's right. In my opinion. Yes. Because you've proven the system and, and you've actually done what you needed to do in order to get your child a better life. Now, mm-hmm. not all parents can do that. I understand. But going forward in these podcasts, because this is the first of many, I'm hoping, 
we can we can uh, elaborate on what do you have to do as a parent? What are your choices as a parent in order to possibly take a different route? All right. So I think that's what we'll talk about next time. Okay. But we'll, um, I'll share um, my homeschooling experience and how I went about it. It's actually an extremely easy process. Believe it or not, it is not difficult. Uh, but there are also other options besides the public school system that really aren't talked about. You've got uh, charter schools. You have Montessori schools. You have private schools. You have homeschools. And they all offer different things, and they all off offer uh, freedoms, as well as their own set of rules. But they might be a plan B should you are convicted about requiring your child to do anything you and your family are uncomfortable with. Excellent. So we'll discuss that next time. And coming from a pod podcast point of view, we're going to be uploading this podcast to YouTube, Facebook. I don't think it's going to be there long. No, probably will be censored, opinion. but, we'll, but try. we'll try. We'll try Rumble. We're going to try um, uh, several other, and we'll go ahead and, and give updates on exactly where we're going to be winding up. But um, we want to thank you very much for listening. Yes, and if you find this on your platform and you like what you hear or even don't like what you hear, because I don't like everything I hear, but I listen to it anyway so I can get an objective opinion on both sides, mm -hmm. uh, please like and share and subscribe so that we can grow this podcast because we do want to be able to offer up varying opinions about varying subjects in politics and the world and the news regularly and you know this particular subject is pretty touchy because we're coming in up to uh another school year that's right and i'm sure there's parents that are going oh my god oh yeah am i gonna have to do this to my child i you know, know there. you say i'm sure i know there's parents that feel that way yeah because they have they i have friends that very much feel that way and it is a absolute panicking feeling when you know something is wrong, but you're pressured with have to. Have to, exactly. Yes. Different circumstances. Well, Amy, thank you. Absolutely, Pop. It's I look forward pleasure. to it. It's yeah. going to be great. And we'll do another one soon. Uh, probably next week, we'll go ahead and try to get another one out there. All right. In the meantime, God bless you all. God bless you. We Have a good you. day. Bye. Right. Bye.